Hanley, standing serve. Gamash, first contact. King on the move, back set. Heppel needs to get this through. She does. Now Furland. Van Rijk, can she finish it? Yes! Kira Van Rijk, what a match for her. UBC knocking off the number one ranked Spartans on back-to-back -back nights. And UBC has now won five straight matches. The Spartans have lost two straight. Hey everybody, my name is Jake, and alongside me are Eric, Liz, Spencer, and Corey of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unseated grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories, and as you heard in the intro, the star of this past weekend was volleyball, as the Thunderbirds went on the road to take on Trinity Western, which hosts two of the best teams in the country, and they won three of the four games. Elsewhere, basketball also picked up three of four, men's and women's hockey were polar opposites, and UBC runners hit the track down in Seattle, but we are going to start off with those stars of this past weekend, and that's volleyball. Yeah, the women's team really made a statement of this past weekend as they faced Trinity Western for 16-0 and the number one team in the country. Not only did UBC go to toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Spartans, but they swept them, actually, winning both games on the road and extending their winning streak to five games. The first week on uh, the first game of uh, Friday was ugly at times, but UBC won three to one, including a twenty-five to twelve victory in the fourth set. Yeah. So breaking news once again: uh, Kara Van Rijk is good at volleyball. <laughs> She's so good, in fact, that she led Thunderbirds to the victory on the road over the best team in the country, best team, uh, giving them their first loss on the season. Seventeen kills, seven digs, five aces. Jade Robertson was second on the team in kills. She only had six. A lot of the night, it was really Van Rijk, one woman wrecking crew. She had a game high, or not game high, a team high, 189 hitting percentage. Not great. Uh, shows how UBC was struggling at times, but she was brilliant as always. Yeah, the Thunderbirds just hit like 0.7 as a team, and the Spartan has 13 blocks compared to just three for the Thunderbirds. So you can kind of see how the team was, how the game was uh, over there. But UBC pulled out this win in large part due to their 15 aces and 43 digs. Yeah, and fi 15 aces, pretty crazy. Yeah. Digs, probably even more impressive just yeah. because Thunderbirds have not been good at digs this season. They are last in the conference in digs, actually, d even despite that game. But maybe they that had... Means their, maybe that means their defense is just so good that they're not even, like, they're just blocking everything. Oh, uh, yes. Right <laughs> now, Metapatical, like, their uh, Libero is actually ranked number one in the country for digs. So I think yeah, it's kind of getting up. She got bit. 14 in this one. Yeah. Thunderbirds got seven more than the Spartans. Van Rijk, Furlan, and Tessa Davis all had seven of their own. Very glad Paco decided to, to come back. <laughs> yeah. Very nice of her. Very nice of her to be like, hmm, you know what? Yeah. Volleyball, maybe maybe, maybe still something I'm interested in doing. Yeah. So on Saturday, the Thunderbirds were even better as the conference found its groove, and the Spartans were swept aside in a 3-0 UBC victory. Marek was incredible with 19 kills and 7 digs on a 0.485 hitting percentage, and Thunderbirds have only dropped one set in their last four games. They, they are completely dominant right now this was a complete game they hit 317 as a team Furland 41 assists in just three sets and they had more digs more blocks more aces than the spartans davis and victoria behe both had seven kills nine digs robertson and kira hanley combined for nine kills seven blocks just perfect game you couldn't draw it up any better yeah and for some appreciation towards Marion Reich, she's currently averaging... She doesn't get enough <laughs> appreciation on this yeah, show. Yeah, we just like praising her every show. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, she's currently having an, an averaging is 0.8 aces per set, which could be the best single season mark in Canada West history. She's also on pace for 40, no, I think it's 454 kills, which could be the third best mark in the conference history. She, and she also got U Sports Player of the Week. Yeah, the Thunderbirds have really picked it up lately. They started the season at 0-3, and they've now gone 13-4 since that point, which is fantastic. And though they're more than likely not going to finish any higher than third in the conference, uh, these two commanding wins show that they can match up with anyone going forward. They're also now ranked in the U Sports Top 10 for the first time this season, currently sitting ninth. That was Corey, by the way, for the first time. For those yeah. for those listeners that may have never heard that voice before and maybe got a little bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and um, let's move on to men's volleyball. The men's team faced by far their toughest test of the new year this past weekend as they traveled to Lanley to face Trinity Western, who were ranked number two in the country heading into the weekend. But the Thunderbirds rose to the challenge and grabbed a split, actually, winning Friday's match 3-1. And surprisingly, it was Danny Espenleiter who led the team with a season-high 11 kills, while Colton Liu and Matt Neves each had nine, with Liu adding eight dicks and four aces. Jordan DeShane, what a game in the uh, in the middle blocking position. Eight kills, five blocks, seven, seven, eight oh, hitting God. percentage. Granted, that's a small sample size, <laughs> but um, Jordan DeShane, uh, one of the rookies that had a really strong season last year, um, didn't get signed did, um, and is still on the team. Uh, just a, it, he's such a big pickup, especially because he um, he didn't really fit into the team as well once all of the injuries um, went away in the. Yeah. <laughs> In the uh, oh, last one. season, so I mean, Deshane still being here is it's really helpful. I mean, that hitting percentage is really just an indicator of even though he doesn't get a ton of plays drawn up for when him, he does, when he does, yeah. he's, he's he target. picks his spots well. He's oh, yeah. super efficient, huge for this team. Yeah, and uh, coming back, um, Eric's old castmate Zach Johnson <laughs> had a monster performance as well with 36 assists, a game high 10 nicks, four blocks, and two aces. Yeah, Thunderbirds really rolling with a tight rotation in this one. Zaid Hamada made a few appearances off the bench just to serve, but besides that, seven starters played the entire game. That's the five we mentioned, plus Joel Regeer and Tyson Smith. Ben Hooker and Michael Dauhanyuk both missed both games this weekend. For Hooker, it was his second straight weekend out, and if those two players are out, going forward and into the playoffs, it's really going to be these seven players that started these two games that are going to have to carry the Thunderbirds mm -hmm. to the playoffs if they make it. Yeah, unfortunately, the Spartans find their form on Saturday, and the game play out somewhat in reverse for the previous night. UBC losing 3-0, Neves lead the team in kills with 9. At the Thunderbirds hit only um, 0.115 as a team compared to 0.06 for the Spartans. Yeah, and that, that short rotation really yeah. didn't work out for the Thunderbirds this time because only four Thunderbirds recorded even a single kill in this one. That was Neves, Lou, Aspen Lider, Regeer, Deshane. He had five blocks, but on offense, zero kills, two attack errors. He's usually been Mr. Consistency for the Thunderbirds this season, so yeah. having him put up a donut in the uh, the attack column is quite the uh, interesting sight. We saw a brief uh, cameo from James Tacken off the bench, but uh, not really able to influence the game too much either. Um, that short rotation is, like, I think it's as a result of Dahaniuk and Hooker being out, and if mm -hmm. they're out for a while, this, these are the guys. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's that's it. I mean, you could it probably wouldn't be wise to roll this short for an entire season, but now that we're so close to the playoffs, it's probably not going to be too crazy in terms of just fatigue, overload, overwork, well, whatever. My thinking is that he wouldn't be rolling this short if he didn't expect Hooker and Dahaniuk back. He would be trying to get other guys' experience because he would need them for the, for the for the playoff run, which is happening. By the way, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. <laughs> no, it's happening. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Speak it into existence. Yeah. 
Yeah, and speaking of the playoffs, the Thunderbirds are now tied with Manitoba for eighth place in the final Canada West playoff spot. What did I tell you, Jake? <laughs> hey, to be fair, none of us predicted this. Yeah. Yeah, literally none of us. Actually, like, you, you said you believed a little bit. I, no, I said I believed, but I didn't predict it. <laughs> You're really trying to cover your bases there. <laughs> yeah, and they're now up to six um, in the conference in kills per set and third in aces per set. They've won five of their last six. Things are looking up a little, really um, rough three months for this team. And the Thunderbirds will have a bye week this week, giving them time to reset up and prepare for Winnipeg on February 8th and 9th. The Westmen are 5'11", and this will be an opportunity for the Thunderbirds to really stake their claim for a postseason berth. And if not, let's say goodbye. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> that was a bit harsh. We're going to move to track now, though, hopefully a bit more positive. The Thunderbirds did compete in their first meet of the season this past weekend at the University of Washington Invitational in Seattle. Not too many athletes from UBC did participate, and none of the men's team went down. But there were some strong results from those who did make the trip. Most notable was first-year Trinity Hansma, who finished in a tie for first in the high jump, posting a 1.74-meter winning height in her first meet as a Thunderbird. So congratulations, Trinity. Yeah. And as we know, that three th- uh, the 3,000 meter was actually the most popular event for UC athletes. And three of our women competed with Na- uh, Natalia Hawthorne finishing in a very respectable fifth place out of 65 racers. Her time was um, nine minutes, nine minutes, uh, actually, um, 9.06.01, just about four seconds behind the winner. And Xu Shuangsheng, Nicholas Simons, finished 31st with a time of 9.35.57, beating her personal best by six seconds, while Sandra um, Kilim, um, Kil- Kil- Kilmartin sorry, uh, rounded out the team at 9.50.15, uh, good for 50th place. Yeah, elsewhere for the Thunderbirds, uh, Catherine Lucas in the 60-meter dash missed out on the spot in the event finals by just uh, six hundredths of a second. Very rough for her. And Sienna Lalonde in the 400-meter race clocked in at 58.16 seconds, giving her 21st place, although it took a little bit of digging to find all these results. Yeah, so I don't mean to call anybody out here, but the Pacific Northwest track and field officials who handled the scoring for this event seem to be a little bit a little bit confused as they believed that the University of British Columbia and the Vancouver Thunderbirds were two different teams. It's tough to say how they decided which athletes competed for which team in that scenario. In the 3,000 meter, Simmons was listed as from UBC, while Hawthorne and Kilmartin were Vancouver Thunderbirds. Hopefully at the track team's next meet, the Harry Jerome Indoor Games at the Richmond Olympic Oval this Saturday, the Thunderbirds will be competing under one banner. They're trying to keep us down. <laughs> they, don't, they don't want UBC to succeed as a unit. Uh, moving on to basketball now. The women's winning streak unfortunately ended this past weekend as they split their series against UNBC. That loss came on Friday where the Thunderbirds fell 77-60, to which equaled their season low in points scored. Madison Penn double-doubled with 15 points and 14 rebounds. And Keelan Phillips was the only other player for UBC to score in double figures. She scored 12. Yeah, not a great offensive performance. Um, they scored only seven points in the, in the second quarter. Uh, in the first half, their field goal percentage was a cool 29. Um, got that up a little bit to 35 by the end of the game. They were 3 of 13 from 3 and 13 of 25 from the free throw I line. mean, that's really out of the ordinary for this team because they've been maybe not the so good. Line. Well, yeah, free throw <laughs> line maybe. But like usually from the field, they've been super good offensively this season. 
the Thunderbirds also struggled in the turnover battle, committing 17 compared to just nine for the uh, UNBC Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves, they didn't even shoot that well from the field in this one, 38%, but they hit nine threes. They're nine from 21 from there, and they shot 12 for 12 from the free throw line. That's something the UBC seems to <laughs> only be able to dream of at this point, even though it's been better lately. Wasn't great this past weekend, although they did bounce back the next night. They beat the Timberwolves 93-79. to All five starters scored in double figures. Penn led the way with 20 points, 10 rebounds, and 4 steals. Jessica Hansen recorded 19 points and 5 assists. And Filowich, Madison Legault, and Haley Council scored 14, 12, and 11 points, respectively. Yeah, the offense definitely picked it up in this game. It was not a problem. The Thunderbirds moved up to a 52% shooting percentage from the field, 37% from deep, and 67% from the free throw line. Yeah, we'll call that a victory. (laughs) Uh, The free throws did turn out to be important in this one as well. This was a foul party. Lots of teams going to the line. Uh, Both teams shot over 20 free throws. UNBC was 21 of 22, a bit better percentage. Yeah, I mean, UNBC, that's 34. Three for thirty-four on the weekend. That's pretty, yeah, we're pretty great. Talking they about, are they uh, are first in free throw percentage in the conference. Jose Calderon style right here. Yep. <laughs> um, the Thunderbirds actually got out rebounded in this game, not by much. Granted, thirty-eight, thirty-six. Um, but Keelan Filovich just two boards, which is a season low for her. Um, luckily, uh, didn't have too much of an impact on the on the score, or the result. But um, I mean, it's probably just a blip. All I mean, consider. it's just weird to see them out rebounded by anyone, yeah, given just how sure. dominant they are in that regard. It worked out in the end. Uh, Thunderbirds, they have a chance to grab the fourth seed right at the end of the regular season as they play the 14-4 and Alberta Golden Pandas this weekend in the final two games of the regular season. They're right behind the Golden Pandas at 13-5. and So this could be a playoff preview, quarterfinals, semifinals, probably not be more quarterfinals. We'll see. Uh, taking a turn to the men's program, uh, the UBC, Th- UBC Thunderbirds men's basketball team extended their impressive winning streak to a sweet 16 straight games, beating <laughs> no the problem. UNBC Timberwolves at home in the doubleheader. The Friday night game saw the Birds dominate offensively with veteran forward Patrick Simon leading hey. the team in scoring with 20 points and 8 rebounds, and sophomore guard Mason Borchier stuffing the statue with 19 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, and 2 sweet dunks. At UBC, white men can jump. Yeah, and the, uh, the other half of uh, the Kelowna boys, Grant Shepard, 18 points, 8 rebounds. He's been great lately, but the bad news for this men's basketball team is that Manroop Claire. The team's leading scorer is out with a fractured elbow. Could be out anywhere from two to six weeks, according to the rough timeline that uh, Jacob was given at the game this past weekend. Uh, that's not good, no, to put ho- it mildly. Hopefully um, it's closer to the two side of that than the yeah. six. If, um, if it's closer to two side, he could be back in the Canada West playoffs, play Nationals. If it's on the farther end of that side, he could miss everything for the rest of the season. Just rub some dirt on it. Blow. Get out <laughs> there. No crying in baseball. <laughs> Um, stepping up as the uh, sixth man in Claire's absence, uh, third-year guard Isaiah Familia put in work in his 33 minutes of play, chipping in 11 points and pulling down uh, eight rebounds. Yeah, uh, the Timberwolves are actually pretty uh, impressive from the perimeter, hitting 11 of 27 from three for 40.7%. But on the interior, uh, just 385 so they were actually worse um, with their total field goal percentage than their three-point percentage. You don't often see that. Not not normally, no. But um, defense wins championships, so uh, tight D beyond the arc, maybe. I mean, if they can, if they're shutting it down that well, uh, you know, inside the inside the three-point arc. I mean, that's that's really good D. So 
It would be good to have the perimeter too, but <laughs> you, t- you win some, you lose some. Let's have it all, guys, because uh, we're going to take a turn to Saturday night. And uh, at home, the UBC Thunderbirds honored their senior players graduating from the program. Fifth year forward, Patrick Simon, and second year guard, Charles Dye, yeah. student section favorite, were honored before the game for their incredible run with the Thunderbirds basketball program. Dye recorded his first start, and Simon finished the game with 12 points, nine rebounds, and in the 88 to 73 win over. Over UNBC. Grant Shepard, great this game. He was the Canada West second star of the week. 24 points, 10 of 11 shooting, 13 rebounds. He had a three-pointer doing absolutely everything in this game. Uh, he's with Claire out. Shepard is going to be a huge piece for this team. Probably the second option on offense behind uh, Kohi. So they need him to keep playing like this. Especially if he wants to go Shep hard in the paint like he did last hey. last weekend. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you, familiar Spencer. With another great performance. Uh, off the bench, got 11 points and six boards. We haven't seen a whole lot, but, I mean, that's his in limited minutes, too. Um, and he's getting more time now, and that's uh, transitioned pretty well. So hopefully he'll be able to keep that up as his minutes maybe increase. Yeah, we're talking about playoffs a lot this time of the playoffs? season. Playoffs? <laughs> we're talking about playoffs? Uh, the Birds, though, they have clinched the second seed in the Canada West and will be hitting the road this upcoming weekend, taking on the 13-5 and Golden Bears, Golden Wait Pandas. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> That's not right. It's Sorry, Golden, Golden Pandas. Golden Pandas, thank you. Yes, in Edmonton. Uh, the Pandas just last weekend go. split their series against the Saskatchewan Huskies and are playing must-win games to get favorable playoff seeding. Look, guys, I, I don't want to grovel too much for fun drive, but if you want awesome jokes like Shep Hart in the paint and Golden Pandas, you're going to have to cough up some dough, okay? Because we can't keep doing this forever for free. All right, people? <laughs> this this quality content does come at a small price, so check out our Patreon. <laughs> but seriously, support the, the fun drive. You know, I mean, it's CITR is such a cool part of, uh, of UBC, and it's uh, bringing you quality content. So, you know, chip in if you can. We are going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs. We will be right back. Have you ever thought about going abroad to study, work, intern, or learn a language? Mark Thursday, February 28th your calendar, and get down to the Vancouver Convention Center, East Building, to find out how. All the experts under one roof, top universities, gap year specialists, and student travel organizations. There's a feature seminar on scholarships that starts at 1 p.m. and the expo opens at 2 p.m. Admission is free. Check it out online at www.studyandgoabroad.com for more info. Hi, my name's Matthew. When I first got back from a military tour in Afghanistan, any time I heard a siren or even a car alarm, I'd lose it completely. I would turn into a wild man, screaming, waving my arms. People would yell at me, shut up, you crazy. Get a job, would ya? Well, I didn't go out and get a job. I got help instead. Now, I'm in a clean and safe apartment. I have friends and helpers who understand me. I landed a decent job, but I gotta admit, I still don't like car alarms or sirens. I used to think mental illness was a death sentence. I got life instead. This message was produced by Columbian Center Society and Radio Malaspina in British Columbia. Welcome back. Uh, looking over at the hockey, it was a absolutely fantastic effort from Tori McClash and the Thunderbirds. Um, a classic women's hockey score this year, a one nothing shutout win against the Saskatchewan Huskies. And nothing better than that. Yeah, um, this one actually, um, they had a mental health e- awareness night um, in uh, in honor of the late uh, Laura Taylor, former uh, women's uh, ice hockey goalie for the Thunderbirds. Um, it's, you know, just based around ending stigma and mental health is a thing, especially this time of year is such a, 
a conversation topic. Um, so they had a they had like a wear green for mental health thing, and they had a um, a donation which uh, went to fund mental health initiatives. Um, this was also a uh, record-breaking game for uh, Miss Miklash, who has been just an incredible player for this team in her in her years for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, Thunderbirds, they dominated control of this game. First and second periods of play, especially. They outshot the Huskies 27-16, to and uh, they were much more disciplined than Saskatchewan. UEC, they had just 12 penalty minutes. The women's hockey team, they've had their issues in the past with penalty minutes, but nothing compared to what Saskatchewan had. They had 36 Ooh. Penalty minutes in Getting one angry. game. Getting angry. Um, <laughs> although the although the birds finished 0 for 7 on the power play, which mm, not, not not ideal. very bad, <laughs> but uh, they did get the only goal of the game. Ashley McFadden, who's having an excellent season, uh, short-handed breakaway. So maybe that's the secret. Just to get, didn't have enough penalty minutes. Yeah, maybe that was the problem. Got to learn from Saskatchewan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was assisted by Shaylee McConnell and Rylan McKinnon. It was her team-leading eighth goal of the season. Yeah, and Tori McLash, the uh, hockey version of Kieran Reich, she made 16 <laughs> yeah. six sa- saves for her team, uh, 10th win and 5th shutout of the season. That's ridiculous. Yeah, and she also set a new UBC record rec- um, recording her 10th career Canada West shutout, which she did the 11th on the following night. Yeah, you don't need to score goals when you just don't let in any. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that, well, that's, to, that's a it, genius. Right? Yeah, exactly. Don't even need to worry about offense. 0 for 7 on the power play doesn't matter. Yeah. McLash getting a shutout. Whatever. It was a similar beginning uh, for the Saturday game uh, through two periods, uh, no scores. So it's maybe doubling up on our score on the first <laughs> run. Um, it, a battle of goaltenders between Jessica Vance, who is also having a great season, and McLash. Uh, seven minutes into the third, Ireland Parrott uh, shot over the left shoulder of Vance, and a uh, goal came just three minutes later to double the lead from Kenzie Robertson, Hannah Coral with the, f- the assist on that, and McLash again, no goals allowed. Thunderbirds take it to nothing. Yeah, they again racked up the shot count on this one, 29-15, doubling up on it's the Huskies. See. It's good to see, because they have not been shooting a lot. I mean, they lately. weren't scoring much, but at but least they're getting they're the shots. Shooting. So the, the goals will come if the shots start to pour in more consistently. For yeah, sure. And Saskatchewan also loaded up on the penalty box. 16 minutes in the box compared to just four for UBC. And as mentioned by Liz just a few seconds ago, 11th career shutout for McLash. Already extending the record that she set this weekend. That's quite, uh, quite a career she's had for the Thunderbirds. Yeah, the team's now sitting pretty 15-9 and nine on the season. They have some breathing room with a 7-point lead over the Huskies in the standings. They have also conceded the second-fewest goals in the conference, thanks largely in part to McLash. And if the offense can provide enough support, they should have what it takes for an extended postseason run. Yeah, and right now the question is whether they can actually grab a top two seat and get a bye to the Wakanda West semifinals. The Thunderbirds actually, uh, they're going to travel to Manitoba to take on the Bison this weekend. And if they win both in regulation, they'll be just one point back of the Bison with one more week to play. And the potential uh, issue with this plan is that Manitoba is actually currently ranked number one in the country. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a tall order, but I mean, I, the Thunderbirds have been good. And if maybe those goals start to come in like uh, the numbers say they should. So. <laughs> So, I mean, numbers aren't always everything, but you would hope. And uh, speaking of goals coming in, men's hockey. Uh, yeah, coming in in the wrong direction a little bit. Uh, things it was a bad week over the men's hockey team. Uh, they finally broke that losing streak two weeks ago, and they were just playing so well um, for, for a while. Um, but then they played the Huskies. And, yeah, so the first period of this game, the Thunderbirds were outshot 14-3. to That's not really a winning strategy. Um, just two minutes left in the first, Sam Rupp ripped a, I think, Rupp, Rupp, 
Yeah, that ru- 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 I don't think it's Ruop. Ruop. Uh, Sam Rupp, <laughs> I'm going to say, ripped a shot top corner. Uh, the onslaught continued in the second. UBC again outshot 14-5 to this time, so a little bit of an improvement, uh, but conceded three goals. First to Cole Baumel, and then back to pla- back-to-back power play markers from Baumel and Colin Shirley. The Huskies didn't score in the third, but, I mean, you don't really need to. You're up for nothing. Game's pretty much over, unless you are the Leafs. In, <laughs> in which case, you will probably con- uh, lose that lead. Some some nice self-deprecation today. Uh, Thunderbirds, they're outshot 41-17. to that's yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rylan Toth, absolutely no hope in this one. It's uh, you can't put this on him. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> if you're getting outshot forty-one seventeen, you're not allowed to blame the goalie for anything. No. Uh, it's very obvious that you've had a terrible game when your best offensive period you were shot outshot thirteen to nine. You didn't score a goal. Yeah, and they were also over five on the power play. You had your chances. How do you get five power plays in a game and only have seventeen shots in the whole game? I mean. It, it happens. I get it. I know this team is better than this because I've seen them play better than this. But what about the what about the next game? Eric? Oh, it wasn't good. It wasn't <laughs> good, Jake. Um, the <laughs> so the Thunderbirds actually did outshoot the uh, the Huskies in the first period, ten seven. So good job, guys. Um, but they did not score. Uh, and then the second period, uh, the Huskies would go on to score four times in the first seven minutes of the second. Levi Cable, Logan McVeigh, Carson Stadnick, and our good friend Rupp found the net for the Prairie team. And Michael Safilis kicked the Thunderbirds one last time with a goal in the third. Five nothing, nine nothing on the weekend. Yeah, there's really not much we can say to add to nope. this. The shot disparity was a little smaller. It was only thirty three to twenty four. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's an improvement. But this was basically a carbon copy of the first game. Kazoon recorded a second straight shutout with relative ease. The Thunderbirds were 0-4 on the power play, so 0-9 on the weekend, I guess. While the Huskies netted 2 with the power play, and for most of the night, the Thunderbirds were completely overmatched. And granted, Saskatchewan's a good team. They're 21-3, and so they're having a hell of a season. But they didn't score against them once. They got shut out twice in a row. Um, and that's not really a way to win games. Not really. Um, it's kind of uh, discouraging heading into playoffs. Now, granted, they are still in the playoffs, but I mean, you want to be winning games going into the playoffs, ideally. So, I mean, they're one and seven in the new year so far. Outscored thirty-five to eleven in those eight games. They're now fifth in Canada West, and they're now closer to last place Regina than Saskatchewan and Alberta at the top of the standings. The only good news is that they're already in the playoffs. So you, you don't. You don't have to worry spot. about that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. And and they're they're going to get a tougher opponent now. Yes. <laughs> well, first they play Manitoba and Regina, the two non-playoff teams in the last two games of the regular season. So if you're going to get any sort of momentum, it's going to be off of those teams. But uh, hopefully things turn around soon because they're not going to have too much longer to try and figure themselves out with playoffs right around the corner. And with playoffs right around the corner, uh, we're going to look, uh, take a quick look at how the playoff schedules for our Thunderbird teams might shake out right now. Look a little bit at the predictions that Eric Jacob and I made on the show a few weeks ago, starting with women's volleyball. They are in fourth place at Canada West, one game back a third, only one game ahead of fifth, and getting that top four spot is going to be very important for this team as it would mean home court advantage for the best of three quarter finals. As things stand, Thunderbirds would play Regina in the quarterfinals, who beat who UBC beat twice in November, so they've got a bit of an advantage there going into the game. You uh, you and me, Eric, we both predicted they finished fourth. That could happen. Jake predict they uh, finish third. That could happen as well. I think well. Jacob got it right. I think they're going to climb up into that third spot. I mean, given how they're playing right now, I wouldn't want to bet against it. Yeah. 
Yeah, moving on. Let's talk about men's volleyball. Although I don't think they're actually gonna make it into the playoffs. Oh come on, <laughs> Liz, no. Liz. <laughs> Okay. Liz. okay, 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 okay. So now they're tied for eighth in Canada West, which is the final playoff spot. It will be almost impossible for Tenders to rise higher than that. It, okay. Impossible is in they're not going to get seventh. So if they're going to make the playoffs, it'll be in the eighth seed. But yeah, yeah but, but come on. No, I know I believe it'll happen, but it'll be in the eighth seed if it does. We were not optimistic at this point. Uh, a couple right. of weeks ago. Yeah, none of me and Eric and Jacob predicted that they would make the playoffs. Yeah. So they're doing better than we thought they would. But if you think of that, they're going to play Calgary in the next two weeks, which is like the top three, the top three teams in the country. Like, okay. Yeah, so but if they if they make it into that eighth spot, though, they're going to play Brandon, who's the right. top seed. Uh, right. Swept UBC in November, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. They're definitely coming into their own though right now. Yeah. So it's better to heat up mm-hmm. as opposed to. Do what the men's hockey team did, which was start the season strong, but then fall off. Right. So, so Jake, Eric, and Jacob was suggesting they were gonna end up in number ten. We I didn't mean, expect this big, uh, this big uh, swing from them. They're doing really well. I mean, you guys were were not as much different than me. <laughs> no, I guess, but like we we're still you're you're still steadfast. You're like I don't think they're gonna do it. I mean, I'm a fan of them, but I'm still. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're gonna move on here. <laughs> Women's basketball. They're currently fifth. Uh, they have an outside shot of grabbing the fourth seed. Getting any sort of top four seed would be huge. It would mean a first round bye in the playoffs. As things stand, UBC would have to play a one-off wildcard game at home, luckily, against Winnipeg, who the Thunderbirds have not played at all this season. Uh, Jake predicted they'd finish fifth. Eric and Jacob said fourth. So both of those, yeah, all those possibilities still in play. (laughs) We have an outside shot of Eric and Jacob being right, but it looks like Jake is coming in straight down the middle with his prediction. Uh, You should have taken a pro line on this, bud. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) We don't condone gambling. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Um, So for men's basketball, the men's basketball team, our second, will have have a first-round bye and are guaranteed to host a semifinal series at home if they get there. And let let me tell you, if they do host the series, there will be some painted shirtless men there. I can guarantee that. Is one of them you? Um, No comment. Uh, First up will be the quarterfinals, which could be any number of teams depending on how the wild card round shakes out. Um, The predictions um, are Nostradamus, Jake Stradamus, Eric, and Jacob all predicted second. And so if the, they have the finals, there will definitely also be other shirtless men there. Oh yeah, no comment to who they'll be, who the identities of these men will be, but they'll be there. It's a huge mystery. Uh, the women's hockey team are third right now. If they can get into that top two spot again, they'll get a bye, which is big. If they don't, they're probably going to play Mount Royal or Regina. Luckily, they have winning records against both those teams. They're three and one against Mount Royal and two and two and nothing against Regina. And uh, who 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 predicted yeah, and finished yeah. third? That was yeah, me. Yeah. Eric second, Jacob okay. fourth, and the men's hockey team. They're fifth. They'll look like they'll play Mount Royal in the quarterfinals. Although, who has home ice in that series? Currently up for grabs. Cougars two points ahead. So the last two weeks will be a battle for that home ice advantage. UBC is two and two against the Cougars this season. And one of the three of us predicted the men's hockey to finish fifth. That was me. Eric was fourth. <laughs> uh, Jacob sixth. And with that. Thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC sports news and stories is to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake, Eric, Liz, Spencer, and Corey with contributions from Jacob M.I. Air. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful (laughs) rest of your evening.